You're listening to the Red Wave Report, the number one rated Fresno State podcast, the official free podcast of theparkboard.com. The thoughts and opinions are that of the show hosts and in no way reflect the thoughts and opinions of the university. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Red Wave Report. I'm Lucio Reek, your host of the show, being joined, as always, by Jackson Moore, the publisher of the Barkboard. And Jackson, I, I don't know. Uh, the more things change, the more they stay the same. It seems like uh, Fresno State gets a new head coach, but surprise, surprise, it's an old face that was here prior to uh, to the last coaching um, regime. So... Uh, what's your thoughts on that with Tedford making his appearance back in Fresno State football? Yeah, and before we get to that, I mean, the quarterback situation, we were just talking last week about how the Bulldogs <laughs> are going to need a new quarterback, and it turns out it must, looks like it's going to be the same quarterback <laughs> with Jake Hander coming back, but we'll, we'll touch on that uh, a little bit later. Um, uh, but as mentioned, Coach Tedford was hired, and we were there for the press conference and got to hear everything firsthand. And I mean, uh, as far as this whole situation goes, I mean, it's uh, best case scenario as you can be for Fresno State. I've been trying to think. I mean, what other Group of Five school has scored like this, where uh, their head coach, a rising star, gets poached, and they have a plan and then place that says solid as this one appears where Tedford was just here a couple of years ago. I mean, was it as successful as anyone had been in a short time at Fresno state and had it not been for the health trouble would probably still be the head coach for the Bulldogs. So for this all to work out for Tedford to be hired, which was uh, kind of the no brainer on paper, but it took a lot of effort behind the scenes to make happen. It, it sounds like there were some tough negotiations and, uh, some some concessions had to be made on both sides to make this a reality, but they got it done, and now Fresno State can move forward. And uh, you figure with the, I mean, the way that Tedford came last time around, starting from scratch basically, compared to this time inheriting a nine and three team, I mean, uh, you feel very confident about where Fresno State football is going into 2022. Yeah, it's uh, it it's definitely the uh, best case scenario for the Bulldogs uh, losing uh, their head coach, but um, getting their previous head coach who had to leave the program due to um, health issues to be right there, waiting in line to come right back to to Fresno State. Um, it's it, it was it was kind of a crazy uh, couple of. Well, it hasn't been a couple of weeks. It's been about a week, right, Jackson? <laughs> if, yeah. if, if it feels like two weeks, <laughs> um, but there was all kinds of news and and things going around. Uh, uh, we were we were busy confirming reports and debunking reports, right, Jackson? There's a lot of different things going around, and we were scrambling to try and confirm what was true and what wasn't. And uh, uh, it appears it's starting to kind of shake things out a little bit more right Jackson I mean there was a number of reports that Cropper had entered the transfer portal along with Hayner and that ended up to be false so yeah um, uh, I, mean, I mean it's been a while about 10 days or so and uh, I mean hopefully you all have been following us on barkboard.com especially on the VIP side where we've been tracking this as much as possible I mean came out that same day where a lot of Odd reports were coming out that Jalen Cropper was in the transfer portal. We we shot that down that, that same day immediately, and uh, we were able to break the news to, uh, on 
Wednesday, actually, that Jake Hayner had withdrawn from the transfer portal. And there's still a lot of uh, stuff flying on or flying around about that situation. But it does seem like all signs point to him just having a change of heart and wanting to be a bulldog. And um, after all, uh, with Jeff Tedford coming back, it sounds like there were some things that made the, his situation more difficult than it seems. But ultimately, um, I mean, if he wanted to go to Washington, uh, I think <laughs> there's no doubt that school would have found a way to, to get him eligible and play. So uh, it does look like his return to Fresno is genuine, that he wants to be a bulldog. And we'll see how it plays out. Um, it's tough to tell exactly um, how quickly he's going to be welcomed back if he is. Uh, you assume <laughs> he is, but uh, there's a bowl game to play in less than 10 days and he has missed uh, quite a bit of practice. So uh, a lot of question marks still remain despite this news that uh, we were able to break with 24-7 sports that uh, he has withdrawn from the portal officially. Yeah, and that and that's gonna that in itself is gonna be a, a, a tricky situation um, not only not only for Hayner, but for everyone involved, um, how much of uh, of Hayner's return do you think it, it it could kind of be a little bit tricky amongst fans, amongst teammates? Uh, how, do you see this kind of being a problem where he he'll have to kind of mend fences, so to speak? Yeah, I, I would think he would have to kind of address the team, which would be a pretty tough task to take on. I mean, I'm sure. If you're a starting quarterback who does the kind of physical stuff Jake Hayner does, it's something you can handle. But it does seem like a pretty uh, uh, nerve-wracking situation to be in to have to address your team and apologize and try to to win their support back. Um, uh, That seems probably like the biggest challenge. Uh, Sounds like most of the fans were were pretty happy. There was definitely a, a large number of fans that were still scorn and not particularly <laughs> ready to open their arms yet and take them back. We're looking around on, on Twitter and on the message boards about how people are responding to this. But I think at the end of the day, whether you're Jeff Tedford, whether you're a, te- a player on the Bulldog roster, whether you're a red waiver or whether you're a, a media member <laughs> trying to, to cover this thing non-biasedly from the outside, uh, there's, not going to be a quarterback that I can foresee coming to Fresno State next season that would be a more talented option than Jake Hayner. And to have him at quarterback only helps if you're a teammate to win games, if you're a fan to root on for wins. And um, I think that it's it's going to take some mending of relationships, as you mentioned, but ultimately it's going to be the best option for everyone involved. Yeah, and the and the the transfer portal is, it, it, believe it or not, is become a um, an essential part of college football. Uh, I mean, it's it's fairly new, but it is it, it's kind of tricky to navigate uh, nowadays because uh, if you look at the transfer portal, there's a lot of players in it that are in their final season with a team and decide to leave for one reason or another but what's what's starting to happen more often now is it's players in starting positions who just want to make a change and, and make a move somewhere else it, it, do you see that is as, as a good thing or a, a problematic thing moving forward as teams try and, and, and solidify their teams only to have their starters decide that they want to play elsewhere. Yeah, it's, it's definitely tricky, especially because, I mean, you can withdraw. This is, 
I know this is kind of uncharted territory for Fresno State to have a player do something like this, but you can kind of put your name in there, look around, and decide that the best option for you after all is to come back if your team will still have you. And I I think Hainer's status is high enough to where that'll be an option for him here. Um, But yeah, uh, there's a lot of different factors going into this thing right now. Um, You look at Hawaii, where a whole bunch of players entered the portal and then the late development came up to where they were going. They ended up getting a bull bid, which they were not going to get had some, some circumstances not played out. So you've got a whole bunch of players there that aren't going to play in their game. You have some other places like Stanford, who's not really taken their super seniors back. And you have players that have paid their dues and spent four or five years there, but now they're in the transfer portal as graduate transfers and, uh, a lot of players are, are looking at that with their extra year where they don't quite fit in perhaps with the team's plan for the next season and they have an extra year of eligibility and they're going to use it somewhere. So uh, you'll probably even, we saw that even last season with Fresno State, not at a large number, but uh, Levell Tatum ended up going to Arizona. That was the most notable change there with the super senior class, but I mean, there's, there's a lot of odd circumstances going on right now. I mean, Hainer, even himself, had it not been for the COVID year, he wouldn't have the option to play another season or go to the transfer portal or, or any of that. He'd be having to try his luck in the NFL, but he's got this extra season, and a lot of people are, are trying to make heads or tails how to make the most of it. And Jeff Tedford in his press conference was very um, uh, very understanding. Uh, he didn't address Hainer directly when he said it, but as far as working with the team and trying to get everyone settled down and committed to, to move forward, uh, he said he didn't fault anyone and, and that people shouldn't demonize the, the kids, quote-unquote, for wanting to take a peek the, uh, the transfer portal or kind of weigh their options during a coaching change. But here at Fresno State, uh, it seems like if you have Tedford here as a player, I mean, he mentioned he recruited 85% of the roster and uh, the, even the players that aren't, familiar with them personally i'm sure they're aware of who he is uh, well before this coaching change so it, it seems like the fresno state is as well structured as possible to keep as many guys around as possible and uh, as uh, stressful as the transfer portal has been for fresno state the last 10 days it has also produced nine players for the bulldogs that came in last year and uh, i'm sure coach tedford is going to be working that portal to find those extra pieces to help put the Bulldogs over the top next season. Yeah, definitely. And and it, the transfer portal has become an integral part of college football. Uh, and uh, the the question was posed to, to um, Coach Tedford, and he had a response uh, into that uh, into the transfer portal. And this is what he had to say. Uh, well, those are good questions. Um, right now, I'm getting ready to go up and and really study the roster, uh, see who's on our uh, see who's on our recruiting board, and um, you know, obviously, the portal is a huge thing, and it has to be monitored continually uh, because it's always a moving target. And so, uh, we'll take a look at where we are, and uh, you know, I, I would anticipate you know trying to trying to get it that's going to be part of the recruiting process we have that's why i say i'm going to be busy doing a lot of that in the next five six seven days at least until signing date and uh which is next wednesday and so um 
I'll be looking into a lot of that. I don't have any concrete answers on on those issues right now. And so Coach Tedford, uh, you know, he did mention he for the next five or six days, he's going to be recruiting while the Bulldogs get ready for their bowl game. Um, and the transfer portal is going to be a huge part of that. And what do you think, Jackson? There's a, a lot of good players in the portal. You think uh, with Tedford's name, he might be able to, to pull a few of those uh, to come here to Fresno State, right? Yeah, and this is, one of the most intriguing things about Tedford coming back that's not really being mentioned just because of all the other more pressing storylines, but think about when Tedford was here the first time, the the transfer portal, it was only a couple years ago, but the transfer portal wasn't a thing. It didn't exist when Coach Tedford came here in 2017 and there was transfers. Uh, They did have to sit out a year, but it was uh, not as common, of course, and a little more of a a process to go through and one that uh, a much smaller percentage of players went through. But I mean, when he was here, Marcus McVarian, example, number one coming from Oregon state, I mean, uh, just a ton of transfers and a lot of them being local guys, Uh, Makai quick coming back from Oklahoma, uh, Ricky McCoy coming back from Washington, uh, Romello Harris from Washington state. You had Levell Tatum and David Tate come back from UNLV and, uh, and I'm sure there's a couple more. Uh, Johnny Johnson from UCLA. I mean, all these guys were Fresno kids and went off to Power 5 schools or, or Mountain West foes and decided to come back pretty soon after Tedford came home to Fresno State. And that was all with the understanding that they were going to have to, most of them, sit out a year and go through a process that's not nearly as uh, convenient as it is now or as well accepted. Uh, it's pretty much commonplace now after a couple of years of this transfer portal. So I think um, not only is the team in good hands and do you expect that they're going to be as well run as this could be, but the fact that this should be a hotbed for local players and others. Um, I mean, Tedford's name carries a lot of weight for producing NFL talent from his time at Cal and for putting together successful winning teams, both at Cal and at Fresno State. So um, there's going to be a lot of local players, I think, that are going to be eager to come back if where they're at is not working out. Um, and then you, I think you're also going to see, so especially quarterbacks, um, their Coach Tedford had gotten Marcus McMarion and Jake Hayner both in a, a quick amount of time through, through transfers. And um, I, I think you'll see other offensive weapons, especially want to play for him. So this is going to be um, an added deal where Fresno State's always taken some transfers, but they're going to be set up to both recruit well out of high school and bring in transfers. And that's going to be huge as the the recruiting landscape shifts to both high school and the transfer portal. And um, we've already seen uh, or 24 seven sports just revealed yesterday. They're going to be adding transfer recruiting rankings and try to make a hybrid of the two to make that as, as important as high school recruiting is. And um, the kind of the last thing to keep in mind for coach Tedford is that, he was a junior college guy uh, coming into Fresno State. Uh, he recruited uh, the junior colleges pretty well. He, he mined those for players at Fresno State while he was here, and even a guy like Aaron Rodgers at Cal. Um, and uh, not many schools are going the junior college route now with when you do have the transfer portal where you have proven D1 players with film at the D1 level that you can bring in rather than a junior college player. It's shifted that landscape quite a bit, but I think you'll see Coach Tedford do his diligence and 
check out the junior college ranks a lot more than most coaches will be willing to at this time. And so that gives you the trifecta from all three levels. Uh, I mean, things are set up well. Now the biggest question will be who he brings on his staff and will they be ace recruiters or uh, is his name going to have to carry most of the weight? Yeah, and and that that is going to be the question. Uh, I mean, you mentioned he's he's going to have to try and put together his staff, and right now there's there's no indication of who uh, or when that is going to to take place. However, uh, knowing Tedford, he's going to want to get his coaches in place sooner rather than later, and there's a lot of names floating around, Jackson. <laughs> any any of which you kind of. Uh, uh, are able to share uh, right now on the podcast. Yeah, we've got a couple of stories up on the bark board yesterday, not long after the Tedford Newsman official, that you know, looking at some offensive coordinator names, uh, we've got our VIP hot board of uh, assistant coaches at all positions. i have got about 15 names on there already, and that's sure to grow and, and change as uh, more names become available to report. But uh, I think the headliner right now is Kirby Moore, who's, of course, already on the staff as the receivers coach. Uh, he's going to serve as President of State's offensive coordinator in the New Mexico Bowl, and he'll have a chance to, to show what uh, he can do as a play caller. And uh, it seems like that's the, um, the the most likely scenario is that he might be kept on as an offensive coordinator. Uh, coach Tedford uh, brought him to Fresno State in 2017, and he has been nothing but absolutely successful, both as a coach helped make Keyshawn Johnson an NFL receiver. Then he recruits a, a group that includes Jalen Cropper and Josh Kelly and Carrick Wheatfall and just some big-time receiver recruits that have also produced under his tutelage. So, I mean, he's been fantastic as a receiver. You also look at his background, uh, his connection to Coach Chris Peterson, who Coach Tedford respects a lot, and the smarts and the football IQ that comes from being at Boise State and being from uh, not my Moore family, but a Moore family with Kellen Moore and their dad, <laughs> who was a big-time football coach uh, at the high school level. I mean, this Kirby's uh, on his way to being uh, one of the more well-known coaches in college football, and it looks like this is a natural step for him. So uh, it'll be curious to see. I imagine Jeff Tedford's going to get some calls from some names that might be tough to turn down that want to be his OC, but. Um, more seems like he's ready to make the jump. And you know, also, um, while we have a good idea on uh, quite a few names and some uh, coaches that might become uh, part of the staff, uh, look at 2017 where he hires two guys we knew absolutely nothing about. This guy, Kalen DeBoer from the Midwest and the Mac. <laughs> uh, little did we know what three years later was going to be the head coach. And then, uh, Orlando Steinauer, a defensive coordinator from Canada. I mean, coaching Canadian football with a different number of players on the field, making the move to Fresno State. And those hires turned out to be absolutely genius, both of them. So uh, there's still uh, probably going to be some, some names we don't know about quite yet, but there's also going to be familiar names, quite a few on the staff that might be retained. Even uh, the Trent Dilfer has been discussed in this quite a bit. Uh, there's maybe a chance that he might still be interested in an assistant job, even though the head coaching job's filled. So um, a lot to play out, but you've, you've got to have nothing but confidence that Coach Tedford's going to be able to put his staff together and put together a good one. Uh, he said his phone's been blowing up. <laughs> anyway, that's what he told us in the press conference yesterday. So um, I think the timeline's probably going to have to wait till after the bowl game, though. You don't want to 
hurt team morale uh, going into a bowl game by telling some players that the assistant coach they're playing for is 100% not coming back. Bulldogs have already had two defections, which has been tough enough with Ryan Grubb and uh, Julius Brown both leaving for Washington. So um, I anticipate that while it won't take Coach Tedford long, uh, we won't see many official moves go forward until after that bowl game. Yeah, it, it it's going to be one of those tough situations. Uh, I know coaches want to, to go and start getting to work on their new job, but at the same time, um, it's all about timing sometimes. Uh, you don't want to hurt some of the, these uh, players' confidence by, by jumping a little too early. Uh, but, you know... Um, I hate saying it, but uh, college football nowadays is a cutthroat business, and uh, we've seen some of the fallout happen here in the last week or so. Um, But everyone, it seems like everyone has been very excited or enjoying the fact that Tedford is making a return back to college football, and it's, uh, it's... it, it's going out nationwide. I mean, everyone's paying attention to uh, other universities, to even former players of Tedford. Um, and uh, it it made it all the way into the NFL with one of Tedford's former players, uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, had, had something to say about Tedford's return. And uh, from... I got this this clip from uh, a former colleague of ours, uh, Addison Van Patten, who is now uh, working as a sports reporter at a at a network, and uh, she was able to get this clip. And uh, this is what Aaron Rodgers had to say about Tedford's return. Yeah, I'm so excited for him. I I, uh, I haven't got a chance to uh, to talk to him just yet, but. Um, when I saw that the Fresno coach had taken a different job, uh, you know, and then I also heard that, that Jeff's name was back in the mix. And I was thinking, man, if he's healthy, I bet he's itching to get back into, into coaching because he's a ball coach, man. He really is. So I'm excited for, for him and Donna. He loves that school. You know, we had a blast at Berkeley working together and he's such an important part of, uh, the rebuilding of the of the football program and the advancement that uh, that happened at Cal, and he's he's such a important um, reason for so many guys, you know, who came there and, and helped the program flourish. But uh, I think his heart has always been at Fresno, and and I'm excited uh, excited to have uh, have him back there and be in the back in the coaching ranks, and can't wait to uh, uh, to talk to him and congratulate him. So, you know, Aaron Rodgers, a former player of Tedford, excited about Tedford's return. And I'm pretty sure there's a lot more of this going on. Right, Jackson? Yeah. Um, and to have Aaron Rodgers certainly doesn't hurt your your book. <laughs> <laughs> and recruiting, if you're a recruit, you, you know who Aaron Rodgers is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One of the NFL's best quarterbacks is talking about the college's head coach. Uh, that's certainly not going to hurt. And uh, also very cool that, uh, uh, I mean, I wasn't surprised to see Aaron Rodgers make a comment, but to see it tweeted from our Addison Van Patten, who uh, helped us out in 2019, that, that's really cool. And uh, very excited to see how quickly she's advanced her career and uh, is doing very well for herself over there in Green Bay. I mean, that's just awesome. A big congratulations to her. Um, we've got Gabe Camarillo helping us out now, and I foresee him making – 
some very similar <laughs> advancements in the field in a very short time. But, um, I mean, yeah, you talk about Rodgers at the highest level of call, uh, football in general making comments like this. And then you look in Fresno and the story of Coach Tedford and the, the little old lady in, in Fresno, as he described it, going to the hardware store and being mobbed by Fresno State fans asking if he's going to come back last week. And uh, the little older lady giving him the business a little bit about if he's going to come back and <laughs> about the stadium and stuff. I mean, that was pretty cool to hear him talk about the passion that Fresno State fans have and that he directly uh, felt that. And so you look at his own tree of, of uh, people that he's worked with. You look at the Red Wave. I mean, everyone's just, uh, just about everyone is as about as excited as they can be and as they should be, from my opinion. And um, I think that the biggest question in all of this was um, just about Coach Sedford himself uh, being ready to, to take on this opportunity. I mean, it was pretty scary a couple of years ago. Uh, with his health scare, and it was a very emotional day two years ago when he announced he was going to be stepping down and was facing some uh, pretty um, fearsome surgery to, to come. But uh, fortunately, it, it's worked out and that he's feeling a whole lot better. He's talked about how um, he's not going to really change the way he approaches things, but uh, that he might take a little more care of himself uh, off when he's not on the clock, that uh, he might see him jogging around the facilities, as he called it. So um, it sounds like everything's kind of hit a point to where uh, where everyone's ready to move on and move forward with this uh, Coach Tedford Part 2 era. And, uh, again, the, the, what he's inheriting right now uh, is much different than when he came the first time, and that first time was very successful anyway. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's good to see – a lot of different support. Everybody is excited to have Tedford back, which um, bodes well for for continuity uh, in keeping things the same, pretty much, um, and and help advance Fresno State football in the direction of, that it wants to go. Um, but I mean, this is not the first time that uh, there's been endorsements by outside players. I remember a couple of years ago, uh, somebody came to town to see uh, Tedford in action on the football field. Am I right, Jackson? Am I remembering that correctly? Um, <laughs> oh, God. I, I remember one of his former players here, right? Yeah, Marshawn Lynch, I believe. I was just thinking <laughs> about that yesterday. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say something, but yes, Marshawn Lynch was here. And no, he was not driving a golf cart around the field. <laughs> <laughs> but but he did make an appearance and and that's the kind of draw that Tedford does um he he pulls in players former players that will come and visit him and visit his uh current players and uh it just all the players are in awe of of some of these superstars that that come and and visit Tedford and uh, I believe we can expect more of that right Jackson yeah, and now he's starting to build that at, at Fresno State as well. We've already seen former Cal players be involved, and we've seen former Fresno State players from when Tedford was here previously as a player and as a assistant coach and coordinator in the 80s and 90s. Um, but now he's developing his own um, tree of, of Bulldogs that will be going on and being very successful. We've seen Keyshawn Johnson got his uh, shot at the NFL and had some success there. We've seen Marcus McMarion has already become a, a bit of a trainer for quarterbacks in the Valley. And 
Um, well, quite a few of his players are still playing, whether it's the NFL, CFL, or or otherwise. A few guys had the some XFL opportunities and uh, that kind of stuff. Um, but and then you mix that with the uh, coach Pat Hill's ties and the players that he led. I mean, there's a massive group of NFL players that are still supportive of the program, and they, um, you know, we've seen when you hire an outsider, sometimes those players kind of fade a little away a little bit. It's just, they're not at the forefront of that head coach's mind, but when you've got a, a former bulldog leading the way, uh, those guys feel as involved as they would be had their original coach been there. So it's, um, I mean, again, for a lot of reasons, uh, a win-win for Fresno state that this has all worked out. Yeah, and of course, you know, Tefford being back, he's now, uh, his main priority is getting his coaching staff in place and uh, recruiting. Uh, he wants to meet with all of the recruits that have committed to Fresno State and make sure things are still good there. Um, and so that's going to be his main focus right now. The bowl game is going to be led by uh, Lee Marks, right? The Yeah. And he is going to be the head coach for that game. Um, and I, I guess, I guess we can't just talk about Tedford this whole time. We need to, we need to break down what's going to happen with that bowl game as Fresno state goes to the New Mexico bowl, uh, and faces UTEP, I believe. And on, on paper could be a good matchup. The UTEP was having a very successful season. However, they've struggled in the last four to five games, right, Jackson? Yeah. And then. You also, I mean, even first before looking at UTEP, I mean, what is Fresno State going to look like? Is Hainer <laughs> going to be on the team and, and playing? <laughs> I mean, he's withdrawn from the transfer portal, but there, as of what we're recording right now, there's still another set of process to go through where the team has to accept him back. And again, as we mentioned, probably <laughs> some apologies are going to have to be made. And at the same time, I mean, as good as Jake Hainer is, uh, the team's practiced like six. They had like a week off, and they've had about six practices by now since they played San Jose State, which he's not been a part of. So, um, they, that's a whole other thing to consider. Uh, just Monday, when we were talking to Lee Marks, the interim head coach, as you mentioned, uh, he said that he had not spoken with Jake Hayner throughout this whole ordeal, and that uh, also he wasn't naming a starting quarterback either. Not that he was anticipating Hayner would come back, but that. Uh, both Jalen Henderson and Logan Fife would be competing for the starting job. And at the end of the day, regardless of the circumstances, you assume uh, Hayner, even without a, a normal set of circumstances, would be able to put on a better performance than the two younger guys. And that, that uh, if it works out, that's probably what will happen. But um, you do have two young quarterbacks that have uh, been competing for the starting job and know the game plan for quite some time. So that's, that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But as mentioned, I mean, UTEP uh, is a team that I don't think they've won a bowl game since like 1965 or something like that. They've, they've been <laughs> 0 and 6 in bowl games since then. And I believe their last two bowl appearances were in the New Mexico bowl. It's been like seven years. So at the very least, you anticipate this is going to be a team that is going to be hungry and especially motivated to play a, a Fresno State team that, Frankly, I mean, it's probably overqualified to be in the New Mexico Bowl at 9-3. and three. Um, Had it not been for all the chaos that's going on, I think the Mountain West would have made a greater effort to put the Bulldogs in a more high-profile game. You see San Diego State's going to play UTSA. Um, I think Air Force is playing Louisville. 
uh, perhaps uh, had it not been for all the stuff going on, uh, the Mountain West might have tried to get the Bulldogs in, to one of those games to play a, a more high-profile opponent. But it is what it is. And now the biggest task probably for Fresno State is staying motivated and um, in sync with all this going on where UTEP's going to be uh, anxious to come in and try to knock off the dogs. Uh, they started off hot, as mentioned, 6-1. and one. Their only loss in that stretch was to Boise State, which was by 41 points. So there's something <laughs> that is uh, kind of in common <laughs> between the two teams. Uh, we also saw um, the Miners beat New Mexico in a seven-point game. Uh, the Lobos were playing quite a bit better back then in September than they were when they came to Bulldog Stadium in November. Um, and then suddenly that 6-1 and one kind of fell off. They lost a close one to FAU at FAU. They lost a close one at North Texas and um, some not-so-close losses to UTSA, a, a top-25 team and eventual conference champ, and uh, to UAB as well, who's typically pretty successful in uh, the Conference USA. So it's a team that's good, not great, but um, w- as we've seen in bowl season, it's uh, not uncommon for the good teams to beat the great teams when there's matchups like this because the good team wants to be there and the great team might not. But uh, we'll see if Fresno State can uh, kind of rally the troops and, and get ready to play this one. Uh, they've still got less than 10 days, uh, but still time to fix all of this and, and to put something together to, to win this one. Yeah, you think the Bulldogs might want to go into this one and try to prove a point uh, that they are still here. <laughs> <laughs> after all, after all the chaos that has happened, um, but uh, I, I believe the Bulldogs haven't matched up against UTEP uh, since the WAC days. Am I mistaken, Jackson? Um, I'm thinking the last time they met, UTEP was in the WAC along with the Bulldogs. Yeah, I mean they used to be a regular foe for Fresno State there for a while, and it hasn't happened in quite some time since then. Yeah, teams haven't met since. 2004, and um, actually UTEP uh, won that meeting. Um, that was uh, <laughs> Fresno State was 3-0 and and ranked and uh, had that three-game skid that fell right after that that season after um, uh, Dwayne Wright went down with a, a pretty nasty injury. Um, so uh, there's at least the last time these two teams played, <laughs> still some, some chip on Fresno State's shoulder, but uh, overall series is 8-3-1 and for the Bulldogs. Um, they met, I believe, five times as WAC conference mates. And uh, if you remember, um, most of the time during that stretch, the WAC had 10 teams and uh, two teams. You would play eight of your nine opponents, and Fresno State and UTEP uh, were two teams that uh, did not cross paths for a couple of seasons just because of uh, geography. Um, they were often the common uh, pair that would not play during the regular season. So, um, but yeah, it's been a, a good 15 plus years now since these two teams have played and uh, we'll see how ready they are to face this time. Yeah. It's uh it's going to be uh, fun to, to see these two teams reunite um, uh, under all of the uh, turmoil that has happened in the last week or so. It's going to be interesting to see how things develop. Normally, we would sit here and kind of break down offense versus defense, defense versus offense. But we have no clue who's going to be on offense at the moment at the quarterback <laughs> position. So, Jackson, I'm just going to give throw you a blanket on how these two teams will match up against each other. 
Yeah, you know, the other thing is usually when we have these podcasts, I'm armed with like 20 minutes of interviews with players <laughs> and uh, sometimes another 20 minutes with coaches. Sometimes I do that after the podcast, but um, with everything going on, they're not doing any interviews <laughs> other yeah. than uh, the only interview we got this week was with Lee Marks on Monday. And as you can imagine, out of the like, 20 questions he got, I think one was about UTEP. And I think the uh, New Mexico Bowl director had to... <laughs> step in and ask that question because we were all so curious about all the other stuff that was going on and getting answers about uh, what was going on with the program itself. So, uh, yeah, there hasn't been quite a lot of attention paid quite yet to UTEP, but um, they are a team that has some weapons. I mean, any team that 7-5 and five is going to, but they have a sophomore quarterback, uh, Gavin Hardison, who is from New Mexico, and um, is going to be, I'm sure, really excited to play in this game in his home state. Uh, for the bowl, uh, he's had quite a bit of success this year. He's almost thrown for 3,000 yards. Uh, he's got 17 touchdowns to 12 picks. And uh, his top receiver is going to be another sophomore, a guy from Arizona, who won't be far from home for this one either, Jacob Cowing. Um, he's got uh, 1,330 yards and seven touchdowns. So, I mean, this guy's no joke as a receiver. Uh, he's had some pretty big games. You look at 11 catches for 170 yards at Rice. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, he's had um, five games of 150 yards or more. And so that's going to be a key matchup for the Bulldogs. Um, you know, usually Fresno State secondary holds its own, but we've seen those kind of top-end players have been able to beat the Dogs a couple of times per game. And so that's going to be one Fresno State's going to have to try to focus on remedying. And defensively, they're a team that uh, a lot of their linebackers and defensive backs are going to be Swarming to the ball. Um, their D-line has accumulated quite a bit of sacks, but uh, Breon Hayward seems to be the, the leader as far as tackles go with almost 100 on the season. He is a um, uh, kind of a middle-sized uh, linebacker that is going to be kind of the cleanup man for them. So uh, there's definitely some talent on this UTEP team more than you would uh, have expected in a, a normal year. They've taken a big step forward, but um, uh, clearly not anything that Fresno State should be able to ha- not be able to handle. Yeah, so it's going to be one of those where we kind of have to wait and see. <laughs> <laughs> it, it With everything, like you said, with everything going on right now, uh, I think the, the bowl game has kind of been overshadowed. Um, and so uh, depending on on how things are being handled, because I'm pretty sure the coaches are trying to do what they can to try and shield the players from from all that's going on. But really, honestly, Jackson, how much of this is going to affect the team going into this bowl game? Yeah, it's, um, you would expect that the last uh, 10 days have been incredibly stressful for the team. Um, I mean, for everyone involved and, uh, coaches too. Um, I think even seniors who just want to play this last game and win a, a trophy have gone through a lot of heartache through everything that's been going on. Uh, so it would be certainly understandable if the Bulldogs come out and don't look their usual selves. But you hope that with Tedford being hired, uh, that they've reached some closure with the situation. You hope that um, if Hayner is welcomed back and and have some time to get ready that the offense wouldn't be too far off from what it would usually be and um, I would hope that the defense can do what it's done for most of the season. The Bulldogs are down two coaches on the assistant staff Ryan Grubb and Julius Brown both left for Washington already so 
Uh, they're a little shorthanded, but they've definitely got enough to uh, maintain practices and, and get everything together. So um, ultimately, it's going to come up to Lee Marks and those guys if they can keep the players um, with their head down throughout practice and the weeks and get ready for this game and, and want to play with a purpose. And again, hopefully Coach Tedford coming in and uh, giving them some closure will be a boost to make that happen. But um, I would say advantage UTEP for uh, the last uh, week and a half as far as getting ready for the game and, um, and who's going to be potentially more motivated to play in it. Yeah, and uh, so that's going to be uh, interesting to see how things develop. When is this game going to be played, Jackson, uh, for the fans out there who don't already know? Yeah, the uh, bowl game is set for December 18th. Um, it is the second day of bowl season. That is a Saturday as well, and uh, kickoff is at 11:15 a.m. Pacific time. So uh, this one is going to this year is going to end the way it started with a morning kickoff, and it'll be on ESPN, um, which is uh, rare territory for Fresno State these days, considering uh, the Mountain West is now signed with Fox and CBS. So um, wake up Saturday morning, flip the TV on, and you've got Bulldog football on ESPN. Uh, it should be a, an easy one to find, and we'll see. Uh, hopefully, some red waivers make the trip. I, I got to go to. New Mexico a few years back in that 2018 season, and I had a lot of fun out there. But um, uh, there, there's a lot more to do than <laughs> in Albuquerque, perhaps, than the name suggests. But um, yeah, uh, and then there will be some uh, bowl activities and things going on during the week leading up to the game. So uh, December 18th, 11:15 a.m. Um, that'll be the season finale for the Dogs. Now, is the is the bowl game going to be one of those for you? to travel to this time, Jackson, or you're, you're just going to hang back and, and see what else develops. <laughs> yeah, especially this time of year. I mean, with recruiting, with signing day, just before that, um, with the coaching staff being signed, uh, the bowl game is uh, going to be not as prominent <laughs> as uh, your typical Saturday football game has been for the Bulldogs. There's a lot going on, and I'm going to have to keep in tune to all of it. So, um, as mentioned, recruiting uh, signing days uh, next week as well, leading up to the bowl game. Coaching staff is going to be put together, and uh, there's going to be a lot of moving parts going on uh, even as the season finishes. So stay tuned to, to barkboard.com for that. If you missed our 75% off sale, um, I apologize, but we still have a 50% off sale you can take advantage of. Um, it's only uh, $4.48 a month to um, get a get in on that for a full year so there's still a way to get some some discount on that and um, to follow along with all of our reports and coverage that we'll have throughout December and as uh, our subscribers know the landscape for Fresno State football has changed pretty dramatically from January to July I mean there's a lot of recruiting going on there's a lot of transfer portal targets going on now and there's a whole lot of um, I mean, even football coverage with spring football, and we get the scoop on what's going on in the off season. So um, it, it won't stop, but um, it'll be a little bit different during the off season, of course. Yeah, it's it's going to be. Uh, I think this year is going to be a little bit more busier than than usual, Jackson. <laughs> with everything <laughs> going on, there's going to be a, a quite a bit, uh, quite a a lot of moving parts, so to speak, happening with Fresno State football. Um, we're going to continue to pump out these podcasts as much as we can with uh, with any updates or news um, during that whole time frame. Um, 
more than likely we'll have another podcast out next week uh, as we uh, enter into the uh, the signing period, which is next Wednesday, uh, December 15th. Uh, we'll be tracking all of the the different uh, commitments and, and so forth, and we'll, we'll try and get that uh, news out to you as, as quickly as possible. Uh, but it is the first signing period, so there's going to be quite a bit of movement there, quite a bit of assignees, right, Jackson? If, if things hold true, to the players that have already committed to Fresno State, they could get majority of their um, commitments here up front uh, next Wednesday, right? Yeah, the Bulldogs have uh, nine commits, um, and it was looking like it was going to be about 15, perhaps. They were hoping to sign Coach DeBoer's cl- uh, staff beforehand. So um, so far, none of the nine commits have, uh, have uh, defected, and uh, most of them are going to be on campus this weekend for official visits, and they're going to have another few recruits as well that they're going to try to close on and add to that class. So I would anticipate the Bulldogs in the range of maybe about 12 signees or so and uh, with a couple of extra spots to work with in February and in the off season. So um, uh, again, as this has been a crazy time, uh, the recruiting class has held together and they're not too far off schedule. Yeah, and so if you haven't been a part of uh, of the Barkboards Premium subscription, now's the time to do it. We've had uh, quite a few people sign up, uh, especially during this past week or so, with all all that's been going on, um, where they found that our news was a little bit more accurate than some of those rumors out there at the moment. Uh, but uh, that's that's what we try and do. We try and get the the correct information out in a timely manner. So. Uh, if you haven't done so already, make sure you become a premium subscriber of the Barkboard. Now, Jackson, before we wrap things up, we can't wrap it up without talking some basketball because that is, uh, if, for those of you who don't know Jackson, Jackson absolutely lives and breathes basketball, even more than football. <laughs> right, Jackson? Yeah, so uh, I'll usually watch more football, but I've always played basketball, and it's an easy one to understand for me. So, uh, and as much as I grew up around Bulldog Stadium, I, I did as well in Stone Arena and uh, later the City Mart Center. And um, the, the, the football program has obviously been at center stage, but um, basketball is also something that I, I really enjoy covering. And um, yeah, and so the Bulldogs are also producing a, a pretty solid season. They took a, a loss uh, last night against San Francisco, but I mean, it's hard to complain too much about a 7-2 and team that is um, playing pretty good ball and is not too far off from being even better than where they are. They got some players back yesterday. Um, Junior Ballard and Jamal Baker both returned. Neither played particularly well as you would understand they've the court uh, they've been off the court for quite some time but um there there's definitely room for them to to get in sync and, and take this team to another level and um they, they lost to a really good they didn't just lose they, they lost to a really good san francisco don's team that is undefeated at 10 and 0 and getting top 25 votes and fresno state led that game for uh 24 minutes and even had the lead with about four and a half minutes before uh they kind of ran out of gas, it looked like. Uh, USF really pulled away there at the end. But um, definitely um, feeling pretty confident about where they stand going into this last stretch of non-conference play and into the Mountain West play. Um, I mean, they've got 
a lot of pieces and they're still kind of trying to figure it out uh, now that everyone's on the courts, but uh, they definitely have enough firepower to make some noise. And um, Saturday, it may be a good time to see them play. And if you're a, a football fan, that's maybe a, a casual basketball fan. I'll tell you this. Um, usually, I, I can't guarantee it, but usually on a football official visit, uh, all the recruits head to the Save Mart Center on that Saturday if there's a game and watch the basketball team and see the fan support. And um, frankly, the, the crowds haven't been too big at the Save Mart Center this season. So if they could draw a big crowd on Saturday, um, that would be uh, something that might catch the recruits' eyes if uh, that's what um, you value as a fan. Uh, I know a lot of fans try to get that word out that um, they want to fill in that Bulldog Stadium and Save Mart Center not just for the, to support the team, but to impress recruits when they're there. So if you're one of them, here's one of your opportunities. Uh, I would venture a guess that Jeff Tedford might be announced as uh, or kind of and reintroduced at, at the Save Mart Center during that game. I don't know for sure, but um, usually uh, Fresno State goes out of their way to do something like that in these cases. If it's not this game, it'll be sometime down the road, I'm sure. And lastly, um, one of the reasons uh, for part of the uh, attendance is that there are some COVID protocols in the Save Mart Center. So if you haven't been to a game yet, do keep in mind that if you're age two or older, you do need to have proof of vaccine or 72-hour uh, proof of a negative test uh, to get in. And so um, there are a couple of hoops to jump through if uh, you need to to get into the arena. Oh, uh, yeah. So that's probably what's been hurting attendance. <laughs> um, but uh, this year, it seems like Fresno State has got a, a a very good team, Jackson, better than some of the ones we've seen here in the past few years. Yeah, I think this team is up there with the, the first team coach that had at Fresno State that went 23-9 and nine and really got robbed of at least an NIT bid. Um, that was a team he kind of inherited, and now, um, he's had a chance to build his team and kind of replace some guys on the roster, get his own recruits in, use his own version of the transfer portal to, to add to his team. And um, last year was kind of the, a year of growing pains. And now a lot of the guys are still juniors. I mean, they've got more time to grow, but you've also got Orlando Robinson leading the way, who is most likely going to be an NBA guy after the season. It looks like he's going to be in position to be drafted after this year. So uh, they do want to take advantage of, uh, what they've got to work with before uh, he exits. Um, I mean, it's not guaranteed, but uh, this was, if you want to see Orlando play <laughs> before uh, he makes his move, you better uh, catch some games this year to see that happen. And yeah, just, um, I mean, you're looking at seven or eight really legitimate guys to work with that have been in the program for a couple of years that have developed that uh, they showed signs last season. And now those are, are happening more consistently um, they've still got a little ways to get over the hump to be even better than where they're at right now, but they're seven and two. They've had, I mean, they've pretty much dominated every lesser opponent they've played and they've picked up a really big win against Santa Clara who has uh, really impressed this season. So um, they are definitely uh, one to watch going into conference play. There you have it. Jackson is, uh, is, is throwing down the gauntlet. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's telling you, this is one of the better teams that has been around. So if you haven't been to Fresno State basketball in quite some time, it may be a, to- uh, a chance for you to get back out there again and get reacquainted with uh, Fresno State basketball as they are 
producing a really good basketball team this year um, and uh, could initially make a run uh, to to have a very successful season. So if you haven't done so already, make sure you uh, get a chance to go check them out this season. And Jackson, before we wrap up, any final thoughts uh, or comments you want to make here on the podcast? Uh, yeah, I think we, I mean, we've about covered all of it. It's been a lot to cover, but and it's been a busy time. But um, we're kind of transitioning now to the uh, post-coaching search deal, which is a little less hectic. Um, now we've got Coach Tedford in place, and we'll be covering his next moves and how the staff comes together and recruiting and bowl games. So it's going to be exciting times at the Bark Board. And, of course, um, again, be sure to, to grab that 50% off if uh, you haven't already. And if there's something we didn't cover, you got a question about, um, I'll have a Q&A thread in the premium board uh, today. And you can just go right there and ask me directly if you're a subscriber and I'll get an answer to you. So uh, that was something that went over pretty well last week. And especially with all the rumors and stuff going on, that was a, a good way to kind of clear everything out because we usually have a pretty good grasp on what's going on and what's rumor and what's actually happening behind the scenes. And if we don't, we'll be upfront about it. We won't make stuff up. So uh, that, that should be your go-to place if uh, there's some unresolved questions about all this stuff going on and some of the information that's a little too sensitive to, to share publicly here on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you if you don't know already, we we tend to to hold back some on the podcast because one uh, we just can't share that uh, publicly, which which is why we have our, our VIP boards. And if you're not a member of that, uh, it, now's your chance because that's where we report things that uh, usually gets reported way before it makes it public. So if you haven't done so already, check out thebarkboard.com. With that being said, I want to thank everyone for joining us. And if you're looking for Jackson, you can find him on Twitter at JacksonMoore247. You can find me on Twitter at RedWaveReport. If you haven't done so already, head over to the Facebook page and give it a like. And as always, if you want to get all the latest news and updates, head over to TheBarkBoard.com. And uh, we've got a number of boards where you can pose your questions and find all your information. I want to thank everyone for joining us and join us again next week as we continue the ongoing coverage of Fresno State Athletics.